If you're not going to play and risk starting players, I think it was the perfect chance to really experiment a little bit. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. Well, fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochford has never spoken to Jim McGinnis in his life. We're joined by the former Leash and AFL player Colin Begley, who's the uh, GPA's player engagement manager, ex-Irish rugby star Anna Capeless and psychologist Mark Smith. We're, we want to talk about online abuse of sports people, their experiences, what we're seeing, what we can do maybe to improve the situation in this society because sometimes it just gets completely out of hand and it's never going to be eradicated, but sometimes it just gets over the line. So, Colin, you're working with the GPA. Is there this going on much in GA, online abuse, online stick? Did you experience it yourself much? What's your What's your story? Yeah, and it could have been my leash accent. It was a problem, John. I'm not sure about that. Whatever. No, no. The, 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 we, we, we have, we've Shane Keegan on here enough. No, the leash accent's great. So go ahead. Um, look, I think with regards abuse, online abuse, I, I suppose for me personally as a player, you probably have some on the pitch here and there. I, I was fortunate enough I didn't have too much realistically when we were playing. But um, the online abuse thing is, is something that we've seen more and more of over the last number of years. So I think... We wanted to try and see how deep the problem was within the county GEA, first of all, with my role. So we done a survey last year in December, we had around 720 players, and uh, we asked about where they might get an abuse, whether it's an issue, um, the type and content. And one of the big surprising things for us, John, was that 94% of players said they'd never experienced online abuse, um, which is surprising for us because it seems so prevalent in the game. Um, that being said, we obviously had interactions with, I suppose, high-profile players who were probably the biggest target and the easiest target for online abuse with their profile. And that's had a massive impact on those players when it happens to them. So um, despite it not being huge from what we're seeing, it's still a, a pretty powerful and pretty important topic to discuss and engage with because the implications of it are very, very hard on players. And especially with players going to a day job then on a Monday morning or back to work, they're yeah. not getting paid for this. And... It's uh, inherently unfair if they're an amateur as well. Not not that it's yeah. acceptable in any way in any sphere, but no. But it actually, like I think Mark said it before, your other guest. I'm not sure if it was her, but he mentioned that like, you know it affects not only the person but also their the network around them, their family members, their, the, the, the place they work. So you know, having an effect on them is one thing as well, but it can have an immediate effect on the people around them too, which is unfair. And look, I think it's the, the world we live in. It's, it's very hard to stop this abuse or these conversations happening with Twitter and social media. It just opens up a platform. For everyone to have an opinion, and I say opinions with a very broad spectrum, but um, I think we probably need to look at how we can minimise the high level of, of abuse going towards these people. So it's unfair on them. Would you have known from speaking to people, or even yourself, how it would have affected people directly? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, like I, I spoke to players, even outside of my role, but I spoke to players, obviously, with my role, who have had, you know, after certain games, um, incidents within matches that have had abuses, DM messages, threats, wards, and emails as well, you know, and a lot of players, thankfully, have built up a bit of resilience to be able to handle it, um, coping strategies, which I think is something we could talk more about here, but, you know, it is difficult, no matter how strong-willed you are, um, 
getting these messages directly to you or even to, to members of family as well in certain instances uh, that's difficult to handle because I think you can handle it yourself but if it's affecting someone outside or someone close to you that's difficult you know Anna Capelis how did uh, anything that you receive affect you? Um, I think that um, I found it incredibly frustrating like coming coming into coming from a, a rugby side where you know rugby is um has traditionally been a men's sport you have a lot of you know predominantly male fans who kind of all of a sudden seem to be very defensive about um you know the the women's game growing and felt like they needed to just shout down about the women's game publicly and using yeah sometimes an anonymized account but often not like often um supporters just very happy to to say well the women's game isn't worth anything and it wasn't it wasn't often directed personally at me or my teammates sometimes yes but often just at the women's game and i found it massively frustrating because you know it's a whole demographic of supporters who seem to be kind of egging each other on to not only not support the women's game but find a reason to to kind of say that it shouldn't be there or you know the most frustrating things that i came across were you know disband the women's game or or withdraw their funding because you know they they because they're not performing and you know publicly saying these things trying to gather support around that and you know fine fine if you don't if you don't um if you don't support it fine but looking for you know other people to kind of um band together with to kind of support your cause about about how why w- women shouldn't be playing sport or you know in, in my case it was rugby and um it I, I i find myself you know being asked about this now because i sometimes not always but i i sometimes just couldn't hold my tongue to people who were talking online about our performances or about just women's rugby or, or women's sport in general and i would say something online and often i get a lot of people responding to me saying um and i don't bother you know but but i'm i'm happy that i did and i'm proud that i did because i personally have seen those voices dwindle um online you know when they when people shouting down about the women's game and actually you know social media gives us so many different ways to to practice things and express things but we can use it a lot especially at the you know the cost of professionalization in the women's game we can use social media for amazing things but that is the one downside of it and i think that you know people need to learn how to use it more appropriately and you know i I heard an interesting point recently that was like do we make all social media accounts verified yeah and will that then you know feed into you know more positive you know support around sport in the future is there a privacy issue there i suppose it's the only maybe um thing that that might be stopping that but like i to me social media going on twitter going on facebook going on all these things instagram is, is a choice so if, if if you choose to do it, then why why not uh, have to verify and 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 be accountable for who you are? And then I'd love to see how much that would diminish the kind of stick that people give each other. Would you felt angry? Would you felt upset? Would you would it have got you at all at any stage, Anna? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just just again, like it it was not not hugely personal at me but i felt it like it was personal because um because they were attacking you know irish women's rugby and and sometimes you know it it was across different countries and things like that and women or women's rugby in in other countries but 
when they were when you're giving absolutely everything you know like outside of your job and you're training full-time and you're working full-time and then someone it doesn't even matter who they are you don't even know who that person is but it does get to you like it it, it it annoys you and sometimes it doesn't but it could depend on how you're feeling that day and you know people have to realize that you can support the game all you want but there has to be a line between being frustrated yeah let's you know you want your team that you support to do well but at what point do you go online and direct abuse where there has to be a line of understanding there like I support my team and yes I'm entitled to get frustrated with performances or selections or I'm entitled to be frustrated about that because they're my team and I support them but you there has to be a line where you go okay now one step further is too much I'm not going to go online and say I can say I'm frustrated with things and whatever but to direct it at a player or players or a team is is just unacceptable. Yeah, Mark Smith, without naming names, I'm sure athletes you've dealt with um, have had difficult times at, on occasion on social media. Yeah, and, and I, unfortunately, I've, I've seen a lot of, especially with younger players and, and younger athletes, have this dilemma because being online is so much part of a young person's identity these days where they express themselves, where they connect with others. But also then you are exposed to potentially abusive comments and and what i think is has changed and what's really kind of upsetting is the fact that the comments are no longer just about the performance on the field it's not just about how you played in a particular game we're seeing racial slurs we're seeing people commenting on players body shapes thinking that they have some sort of entitlement to make a judgment around what a person's body shape is or should look like and that goes across all codes um, I think in particular, and, and some people have spoken publicly in the media about it within the women's game, about you know people who, who play in the pack and about what their body should look like. And that's just not okay. Um, so when players or athletes of, of, of any kind, of any code, are getting this level of, of personal attacks, they're human as well. They're, they're people and they're not just this player you see on the TV. Um, they have the same thoughts, the same worries, the same doubts that we all do, and sometimes even more so because their careers and, and when they're, they're, they're getting paid for it or getting picked for it are, are dependent on their performances. So we all manage self-doubt on a day-to-day basis and our own thoughts and managing our own thoughts can be a very difficult thing to do. But then when you weigh in the, you know, the Mr. Eggshape on Twitter who thinks that you should have made this pass or you should have made this particular play and that gets in on top of you. And as Anna said, it, sometimes it just takes one comment that then adds to those self-doubts and, and with our, you know, with the, with the women's game, going back to their day jobs, going back to study with their inter-county players, with their day jobs, going to study. They're trying to manage the stresses of daily life as well as all of this. And for many, it's a huge amount to try and cope with. We're speaking here to Mark Smith, a clinical psychologist, a former Leash and AFL player, Colin Begley, an ex-Irish rugby star, and a caplice on online abuse of sports people. Have you folks out there on 53106 cost of 30 cents ever been subjected to online abuse for playing sports get in touch with your stories your comments or your questions 53106 the abuse some male players and management get is totally disgusting and uncalled for social media has got a lot to answer for it says Sean in Westport um, can you ask Colm about Zach Tui uh, getting stick in the AFL uh, from John and Longford did Zach get stick uh, Colm? Um, I suspect he got stick on the field but there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of give and take on, on the AFL grounds during matches it's not really stuff that probably would stick for after the game to be honest to um, as I said for, for players build a pretty big resilience when we're, we're going to get an abuse on the field the off the field stuff potentially um, some stuff about being Irish and different things back and forth but the AFL actually have done a lot of work on that trying to reduce the online abuse and even 
cancel you know memberships to some members if they are given abuse or cancel accounts and work with Meta, work with Facebook. They're working doing a lot of work on that over the last year or so. So I think it's kind of something you need to look at as well. But it's not one of the points they're done about. I think Mark mentioned, you know, yeah. the concept of social media being a massive part now, especially the younger people coming through. Identity, part of their lives, most of their communication involved with it is, is using it to, to communicate and even maybe get some confidence in certain areas. I think there's definitely a bit of work that needs to be done in there about how much weight younger people put on comments from strangers or from outside people. You know, it's like Andy McIntyre in your show, your night mentioned about, you know, he, he mentioned that he had thought, who's this person I don't know? Like, how much weight do I put on that person's opinion that would never, I've never really spoken to before or engaged him before, probably has never been asked opinion before, and he's giving this opinion about me or statement about me. Do I really carry much weight in that? I think that was a great way of looking at it. And I'm not sure whether younger players, younger people, younger athletes have that same mentality from social media, those comments, how, how impactful they are, how much they can affect them. It's not easy, I'm sure. And like Mark said, it's not easy to do it. And even Anna said, it's not easy to look away from it. But I definitely think there's more weight now on these comments from, from people they don't know and they're taking a little more heed to it. So there'll be a bit of education, please, I think, with players and athletes on that, how to be more resilient with it. Yeah, so, it yeah so. you can't get rid of it. You know, it's it's only impossible to get rid of it with the yeah. platforms. You can definitely reduce it, but very hard to get rid of those comments. You know, just like back to column to the old uh, expression that you know somebody's not going to go up to Colin Begley on the street and say what they say to you online. Exactly it, and I think Anna mentioned as well about the like, do we look at the, the accounts being verified and, and having to actually have your name to it. I think that would help definitely. Uh, I'm not sure how the legality of it all, but that would definitely help. But you're right. Like if I'm in a after a game and someone comes up and tells me face to face. They won't tell me the same thing as going to do on a keyboard, you know, um, and, and that's why I think it's going to be very difficult to try and change or reduce fully these comments coming at people. But how can we make sure our players, our athletes, our young young adults can handle them better, you know? Yeah, Mark, it's a case that um, like there are very few uh, pastimes or uh, jobs or uh, things you do where you're critiqued in real time. That is the bizarre thing about being a sports person. It is, and it's something that that is a reality that we have to accept on that. And I think having worked with athletes for a number of years now, even in my own kind of following, I'm a, a leash man, I call him, um, and following Leash or following Leinster or Ireland or any of the other clubs that I support, I'm much more tempered now in my commentary on social media about performances and about the game while trying to balance that piece of being a fan and you know sometimes getting frustrated with the results, but also knowing that this, this could have an impact on, on that person. I think... We, we have to have more, you know, as maybe one of the, as I said there about education or digital literacy, but we need to be starting that at a young age. I think as well as that, we, we can't really, unfortunately, be appealing to reason with people that, you know, please be nicer because of the impact that this has on, on a person. Because we know in society, if, if you're driving down the, the motorway and you're going too fast and the, and the only consequence is, well, please don't do that again. It's, it's not enough of a deterrent and a consequence. So I think we need real world consequences for the things that we say. And I think we're having this conversation about, about online abuse, but I think it also has to take in, in the context of it's still occurring in the real world as well. So any of us who go to any code at, at a leash GA match or underage matches that I go to, I'm a GA coach myself, um, sometimes I'm hearing coaches being abusive to underage referees, being abusive to their other players. And we need everybody to step in and say, you know what, this isn't okay, that we need to take responsibility for putting an end to this. Um, but I think when we're looking at all of these different incidences, the one thing that we can't do is the area of self-regulation by social media companies has to end. We've seen over the years, and by the fact we're having this conversation, 
they cannot be trusted to self-regulate, to regulate inappropriate behaviour. So at the moment, we have a, a draft online safety bill going through the doll that's being debated by the politicians. And there's a lot of welcome elements to that. One in particular is the fact there's going to be an online safety commissioner. But what they're still debating is whether there'll be individual complaints mechanism. And, and they're really not sure about whether they want to do that. But if we want to stop this, what we have to do is give people the tools and the empowerment to be able to make a complaint and say, look, this wasn't OK. I'm, I'm not happy with this. This was abusive and you have to make this stop. Do you think it's going to make a difference in terms of them getting uh, something through legislatively, Mark? I, I think it will, because I think many of us, myself included, have, have, have been subject to, to a lot of maybe commentary at times and made a, a report to Twitter and said, look, this is abusive. And they come back and said, it didn't violate our guidelines. But it, it violated mine in terms of how I felt about it. So we need something, a higher authority that, look, if you don't get the remedy that you want from a social media company, that you can go to someone with legislative powers to be able to say, you know what? that was abusive you need to take that down i think that's how we protect people it's not just about the responsibilities of themselves to be resilient because everybody has a limit you cannot just keep taking personalized attacks or attack on your game attacks on your professionalism and just be able to suck it up and, and to manage that all the time we need people to come in and, and protect players to protect people and to make the online world safer through robust legislation uh, and it's interesting anna that like i suppose um Athletes are very comfortable if they've got a physical niggle, but if they've got a mental niggle, it might be sometimes uh, harder for them to come forward and say that um, this is bothering me because maybe they're they're kind of trained. You know, you just got to be tough and get on with it and um, just take these kind of things as just uh, anonymous losers or whatever. But it still can sometimes uh, ebb away at your confidence and your your feeling about things. Uh, and I suppose just to be able to just come forward and say. This is the, this is a this is a, an injury of, of some description as, as minor as it might be is important for any athlete who might be kind of bottling it up I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that um, because it's never really been done, no one has ever um, you know gone to Twitter or whoever and said, "Oh, look, these are just like the example Mark said there." You know, this is how it made me feel. You know, none of my teammates have ever gone through that process of look at this and this is how it made me feel it's been dealt with and, and now I'm now I know it's not gonna happen again. That's never happened. I it, like I've never seen that happen. You click on a little button, do you know I, when I see like crappy comments on, on something on, on someone, you know, and you can report someone. I've had to do that recently for, for someone who was targeting me on, on online and, and I just clicked like I clicked a you know report abusive okay done how do i know anything is being done about that i don't know and, and i'm living you know wondering is this person going to come after me again and eventually what happened is i, I have I, I i'm not sure how 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 this sits with me but you end up like blocking an account who keeps going after you or keeps disagreeing with you and i like is that the is that the answer as well like to block them or, or how do i know that they're not just going along and doing that to someone else or that they won't just create another account to come after me or like that's not that comforting either to block some someone and then i can't see what what they're debating further like not like i want to but i just want to you know know that there's that i'm safe from that happening but what i find interesting is um you know like the, the point that Colin made there about like why should i let this you know why should i let this person i've never met you know say something about me and have it affect me yeah i agree with that and of course some days it might 
get you down and 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 some days it might not and some days it could really badly affect you but what i've kind of started to notice and like i say i have seen a positive change in, in how people discuss the women's game online sometimes not all the time but sometimes what i find interesting is i click on the likes who has liked this and and not just to do with with, uh, with women's sports just you know, uh, like some racial slur or um, homophobic slur or something, if you click on the likes, it might shock you because it's shocked me to see that it's a lot of young people wearing sporting jerseys, wearing a rugby jersey, a GAA jersey. And now they haven't, yeah, maybe I shouldn't let that, that comment affect me, but now there's people who think that this comment is okay and they've liked it and they've agreed that even though they haven't written it themselves they haven't they haven't been brave enough or, or they're not stupid enough to to write it themselves but they are liking you know this comment which is giving them oh someone else feels like that now i can feel like that's kind of validating their own sense of like i think that this person is rubbish or i think this person is whatever they're saying about them like I, I like have a look at that and actually I would encourage you to be careful what you're liking because uh it it, it can be seen and and you, you're it's not it's not a good place to be to be liking those comments it's very it's 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 not a good um it's not a good move if you think you're you know doing well by not saying anything that you would like to you're going to get some kind of satisfaction in 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 sending abuse at some player and you haven't, you've decided not to do that, but you have decided to like it. Well, that's just as bad, if not worse, in, in, in my eyes. And, and do have a look at that. And I think that, I, I think you could be shocked by, by what you see and, and the number of jerseys that, that, that you see when, um, when you click into that. Maybe people uh, don't think it's as serious as uh, if they were going to do it in person. And that's, uh, that's the blurred mm. and um, Wild West uh, element of, of social media that... Um, that the normal rules don't apply when they should apply. Colm, do you think the social media companies do enough? Like you're working with the GPA now, you're, you're, you know, your employer engagement, are they doing enough to clamp down on, on, on unacceptable behaviour out in that internet sphere? Mark probably would know more, about, but I think yeah. um, like from what we're seeing, they're probably not. You know, it's been talked about for years and years now, but clamping down more on, not just like abuse for players, but abuse for people online. You know, and there's been multiple different things talked about about verifying accounts and looking at putting more stringent consequences in or reporting uh, platforms in. So I don't think there is enough being done. Um, I think what I mentioned before about the mentality and as well, just to kind of go back on that about, I think that it's not as easy as to go, okay, I, that won't affect me. No, I don't know a person. But I think if we can start maybe training our young individuals or, or, or educating them, sorry, not training, educating them at a younger age about how to deal with this thing because it's so prevalent in their life, social media, and such a massive involvement in what they do, that if it has a really powerful impact on how they think about themselves, how they see the world, and they can't deal with negative comments, but they're going to be bother down the line because unfortunately they'll come. I think John needs more done from the platforms, definitely. And I do think that whether it's policy or whether it's something from the government, that would help put more stringent guidelines in place, um, more consequences in place. Um, that would be important for them to look at. And I think national and government bodies, you know, sporting bodies, we can play a big role in that and pushing it a bit more. Um, and as Anna said as well, you know, social media can be negative, but it also is powerful too when people get behind a, a cause. So, and the more positive, more positive reinforcement we get online for for women's sports for different things and and positive comments and maybe even pushing the agenda again about trying to get these people who are online 
keyboard warrior, so to speak. Um, trying to put some more place, more rules in place to stop it would be would be useful for us. So I don't think there's enough being done. Um, but I do think it goes both ways. We need to have some guidelines, some rulings in place, some more work from the from the social media platforms, but then also I think more education for our younger players and and, and, and individuals about how to handle these things online and how to deal with them effectively. And what, what, what would you have found is the best way to handle a column? Well, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, John. I, wouldn't, I, I don't really use social media that much. Like, realistically, I use it a small bit. I go online and for Instagram and Twitter and different things, but nothing major. Um, I don't invest that much time into it, really. So, And even when I was over in AFL, you know, I didn't really pay too much heed to comments online or anything like that. And most of them have been positive enough, really, for most things I've had. So I've been fortunate in that sense. But I think... Um, I do appreciate that to the point I mentioned before, we need to figure a way of if these comments are coming at you, you know, normal comments on Twitter and Twitter seems to be the place where everyone can throw their opinion up and it's a little bit of a, a poison chatter sometimes, you know, I think Instagram's a bit different, but Twitter seems to be a place where everyone can have multiple accounts and, and different opinions on it and create conversations and, and likes and so on and so forth. But I think it's just up to the people and individuals to figure out the perception of what to take on as important and how much weight upon these comments. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they are right, but trying to figure out how can they take these things on board or not look at them and go by them or else just take them on board and, 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 and see, see what they are for, for reality, that they're just a comment from someone I don't know that has no real weight in my life, um, however nasty it might be. Now, with that being said, like, there's kind of different levels of abuse I'm sure we can talk about as well, you know, and there's, and there's opinions and there's abuse, but abuse to someone, whether it be psychological, very nasty abuse to their family, to themselves individually, that needs to be stopped straight away. But unfortunately, in sport, you're going to have um, negative opinions, as well to speak, about their performance and so on and so forth. I don't think we'll ever, ever, ever be able to avoid that conversation happening. I think it's up to players to try and figure out a way of either not engaging with that um, or being able to engage with it and deal with it mentally that it won't affect them. 53106, my son plays senior county football. I attend games as fiance. The abuse shouted from the stands towards players. My son really upsets her. It's taken a long time for her to become resilient to it. I've heard it for years since underage football. Would it the case, column that it's gone from perhaps the um, sidelines to the to the phone now? Well, I think that, that study we did, John, beforehand, players said they actually... More, more. Seventy-two percent of players that actually experienced it mostly at club level, right? And that was face-to-face verbal abuse, um, some physical stuff, and many verbal abuse. Eighty-four percent, I think, was face-to-face on the field, and then another thirty percent was off the field from fans or from other people who were there, supporters. So, like the abuse, the most abuse people got was actually within the game, face-to-face or or off off the field at matches. So I think there's a big, massive problem there with the culture regards abuse at GA games. I think that's a massive problem. Um, I've seen it even going back to club now. Myself, you know, supporters to referees to managers to players, the abuse is just quite high. So if it's happening there, it becomes very easy to mark explain. It becomes very easy to bring that across onto social media as this is acceptable. We, we can do it. If we can do it in person, you know, we can do it online. If we can abuse a manager, abuse a player, abuse a referee, there and there's no really repercussions or no one's really pulling it up then what's the problem with doing it online and I think that's a good place for us to start about how do we make the GEA culture a little more respectful from the abuse being shouted at people or players from the stands from people on sidelines and so on and so forth so I think that definitely is an issue needs to be looked at Yeah there was hassle as well um, at a Longford Town Bray Wanderers game last night and um, 
Have you, you haven't seen that in any way improved then, Columns, just as bad as it was when you maybe started playing Gaelic football at the club level in GA, the, 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 the unacceptable behaviour that seems to be seen as acceptable when you're in the cauldron of this game? It's probably, I don't know if it's improved, it's improved. I, I've probably been seeing it more now. I'm back with club now a bit more. I'm seeing it more. It's, it's, it's definitely more prevalent than club football, I can see. Like, I think when you're in Barber County, you don't you, you get a few comments from the from the stands and all, but you don't really maybe hear it as much. In club, obviously, it's a little quieter, and you can maybe hear the comments come out. And it's probably the same three or four people doing it, but I think it's it's definitely not getting better from my from my experiences. I think it takes a club itself and to actually sit back and go, well, do we have the right policy, or the right standards for our our actions from supporters and from management, and so on on the field. I think there's some great clubs that are trying to make changes there, and I can see the improvements in some clubs, but it's not happening everywhere. Um, and it's a culture thing as well, John. Like that that goes with any club and any sport. Now, the culture is wrong within not just the players but outside even with the cards of the community of the club you're going to have problems with abuse in all, in all stances uh, there was an article in the Irish Examiner I'm just going to go through it here that social media giants um, were not taken on an abuse seriously according to Mary O'Connor from the uh, Federation of Irish Sports that represents 110 sporting organisations across the country including 81 national governing bodies 29 local sports partnerships um, she told TDs it's not nice out there at the moment um, talking about um, what can we do um, a number of recommendations including large scale sport capital infrastructure funding applications to plans to tackle abuse directed towards referees officials players and sport at both governance and club level there'll be an online safety and media regulation bill uh, which will create commissioner positions promises to shore up the serious gap both internationally and in Ireland when it comes to addressing harmful online content and when she was asked by Malcolm Byrne if uh, Twitter and Facebook are taking taking abuse seriously, she said no. Uh, so, do you see in this bill or in these um, meetings, uh, Mark Smith, that things can improve uh, in terms of maybe part of your funding is to have, um, you know, signage condemning abuse? Um, that there has to be almost like protocols in place for you to uh, be a part of the community to get what you need to get um, and this is just part of the health and safety of it I don't think we've I think the devil will be in the detail and we, we haven't seen enough of it yet we have the, got the high level recommendations but having that online safety commissioner um, I think one of the positive things that they, they're going to do is have more consistency with the digital literacy education that's going to come out so at the moment we have an ad hoc basis People will come in, do a talk in a class, do a talk here in a school or a club, but there's no consistency to the message that's there. So we need a national conversation where there is actually a curriculum about here is how you behave and interact responsibly online. As I mentioned earlier, I think if the online safe, if the online complaints mechanism isn't there, then that's going to be massively disappointing. I think we've seen in Australia, they have been world leaders on this in terms of making sure that digital companies are held to account. And it, it is going to come down to that. I think we certainly have some political momentum behind it, but it's going to need a, a lot of political capital and it's going to need a lot of financial capital in order to get this off the ground. Because what we don't want is a system that's set up to, to protect people and not resource to do it. And we've seen it with other semi-state bodies where the complaints mechanism has got overwhelmed because there hasn't been the funding to do it. So I think we need to make sure that, that any system that's set up both has the legislative teeth, but also financial resources actually make a difference here. Um, Anna, are people beginning to see the women's game and rugby for what it is uh, and starting to understand maybe the sacrifices you did make and the players are currently making and uh, the players who represent their country, you've 16 caps for Ireland, you've worn the green, uh, what you're going through and it's just not something that can be dismissed as part of uh, uh, immature fun online. 
Yeah, uh, it's 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 bumpy, um, but I do think there's a, there's a fan base there now that's growing massively. A lot of that is thanks to social media, and they're very understanding of where the game is at. So you know what 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 you have, you know, is is massive losses at the hands of a team like England, and you know a lot of the conversation then afterwards. Maybe before it would have been like again disband the women's game, they're rubbish. But now what you have, like for the first time this year, like overpoweringly, I saw the conversation was make these girls professional, you know, and 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 that that's you know that has that's a change because you know these scorelines have been happening between England and Ireland for a while because England have been pushing their professionalisation and we and other countries haven't, and you know up to kind of this year, the conversation was, oh, sure, they're just useless. What's the point? But now it's a fan base that has been educated through social media and now has an understanding of why the scoreline is this way and is then using their voice to be like, it's time we turn professional. So this is this is a good side of things. And I do think that thing it has changed. It has changed somehow because also if you have someone who decides to say something about and like mark was saying earlier often in the women's game it's about the body shape because it's again traditionally different to the or different to the traditional men's shapes and sizes a lot of people commenting on you know the the the, the weight or the how how a player looks or how we play or or whatever and that understanding has grown and it has changed i think and if you have someone who says something negatively about it you have a whole band of other supporters online ready to batten them down and 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 talk them down and 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 retaliate and i think when i started you know sh- uh, saying things or just retaliating i suppose online so many people said to me anna why would you bother don't bother well like i say i'm glad i did now and i think that that movement of stepping in and being like actually no uh you know where the game is at particularly for women's rugby is you know just such a it's such a sticky kind of phase where you have teams that are moving on to professionalization and others who aren't and then when it all becomes professional and, and and everyone in six nations or everyone in how, however we're going to decide to do it down the line when everyone is pro well then we can have the conversations about where the game is really at and what the performances are really like and then hopefully at that stage this you know what mark is talking about our, our legislation and and, and the, these um big social media companies this is all very new you know we, we can learn from like, you know, Australia or whoever, but like in Ireland, we're going to have to find a way to tackle this. And we've got to protect our sports people because we love sport in this country. And, you know, just because you're Irish doesn't mean that you get to, uh, you know, send abuse at a player online because they're representing Ireland. Like, no, that's not how it's going to be. And yeah, we, we it took a while to learn it. But like, I, I, I do think that, you know, and, 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 sadly with you know the cases that have happened this week in GA and stuff like they can learn from other sports and I do think that there I have seen positive change so I think that that will continue to come and um I yeah I'm 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 hoping that we're not here again in another year's time having this same conversation because we've had this conversation before and I hope that it's it's going to be one of the last times that we're having this particular one and in future it's about how it's changing how it's moving on and 
for this is probably the first time I've been able to say I have seen positive change because because I have seen it. Well, I mean, I think it's important to have the conversation. People might not have heard the conversation a year ago. Um, I don't think you can have the conversation enough about mm-hmm. um, unacceptable behaviour online. Um, Robert Balakun, by the way, has scored a try for Ulster. They trailed the Stormers by uh, 10 points to five in that URC semi-final conversion to come for Ulster. It is Cork 2-3, Antrim 1-3 in the hurling preliminary quarter-final at Cargan Park into the first half there as that conversion goes off the post. So 10-5 still to the Stormers. And Wexford League carry by seven points to five at Austin Stark Park. The elaborate, the crazy nature of this stuff, Colin Begley, the two Johnny stuff, like all, you know, the, the, the lengths that people go to to, to I don't know, mess up people's heads on social media. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, you'd laugh if it, if it wasn't serious. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's something like, I don't know whether it's, it's, it'd be able to done, but like, fair transparency and accountability, you mentioned before, like having to put your name to something, that's, that hope it will reduce it. It may not, but at least you have who's saying what, do you, you know where it's coming from. Not multiple accounts and fake accounts coming here and there. Um, I think it's a massive thing. I think as well for for us as both in GEA, let's start with the culture shift down to ground two in person at clubs, the games. Let's not have abuse being allowed there either. You know, let's change that narrative first and then also look at online. So I agree with that. And it's, it's, it's a conversation we'll have to keep on having, I think, every, every so often. But as long as there's changes being made, John, as long as there's improvements being made, looking at best practice from Australia and different places like that, what can we do? Let's mitigate it as best we can. Let's reduce it as best we can. Let's educate our young athletes and players and individuals, and then just try and reduce it to the level where you handle it, or that's not acceptable, but it can be managed. Yeah, it was interesting that Andy McAtee in his interview yesterday on OTBAM like talked about okay, letters to the house and anonymous stuff and all that kind of thing. But on the whole, he spoke about look, there's a guy who sends me a letter every week about ahead of every match talking about like the tactics and this and that and that's their identity and the fact that that person can do that and and have a relationship with Andy or whoever I'm sure it happens you know I'm sure the majority column of of people that you know you hear from are good and um, you know want you know it to succeed and want to channel their support in a positive way and the majority of people do that but it's just a case of look uh, we just got to highlight the fact that um, these actual words, these things, these messages can have a detrimental impact on people's mental health that play sport. And just because they play sport doesn't mean they're immune to being hurt by it. Exactly. No, there's loads of great stuff coming in. Like, there's loads of great support from fans in person, online. But obviously the impact that has compared to the real negative stuff um, and abuse you can get is different. You know, and you have a really serious impact. And I think Andy was very great to hear him come on and speak about I spoke very well and he gave a great service to me over the years so you know he handled it for himself and I think even from what I'm getting from him the way it affected more so family members and people around him he kind of was resilient enough to take it and handle it himself but like that shouldn't be happening letters to people's houses and comments online so um, yeah I, I think it's something we keep on having conversations about 53106 if sports people use social media for positive reinforcement then of course when they get negative comments it's going to affect them badly however if they understand that strangers online make comments both positive and negative based on how they're feeling at the time then as Colm said maybe there won't be too much weight on the comments either negative or positive Mark Smith what's the next steps then what do you want to see in this uh, debate going forward over the next 12 months as Anna was talking about there I think there's there's lots of of ways that we can improve. Well, I think once we have this acceptance, unfortunately, that for the for the moment this is going to occur, but because we know it's going to occur, there's lots of steps proactively we can take to prepare players in advance for this. 
So one of the, the, the roles that Rugby Players Ireland has is through their player development managers, they will hold workshops with their players and say, look, here's how what's going to happen on social media. Here's how you should handle it. Here's what the impact is going to be. Emphasizing about the, the positive ways that they can use social media, that that's not just about taking abuse, but how you respond to it. So I think we need to, with our sports people, be having these conversations and preempting it, that this is going to happen and here's our advice about how you can do it. And if it impacts you, here are the supports that, that you can access. And I know through the GPA, they provide a, a counseling service for the, for the players. Through Rugby Players Ireland, we have the wellbeing service that players can access support. So again, resilience sometimes is about being able to get help and to get that support um, via through a fellow player, through someone who's been through it before, or a counselling and support service if needed, if there. So it's about being able to have that education, but also have those supports there for the person and not just the player. Because once we realise that, that it's the person who needs the support and they're not immune to it, then we can be more compassionate in how we meet the needs of, of the person as well as the player. Um, are athletes um, a little bit uncomfortable, do you think, Mark, at times coming forward, given the image of like mental toughness they want to portray? I, I think that message has been changing. I think there's been wonderful work done in reducing stigma um, in, in multiple areas over the years. And this perception that if you're physically strong, that means you're mentally strong and can cope with all this. I think we're really changing that conversation. I think the Tackle Your Feelings campaign that Ruby Perez Ireland have been championing for a number of years has been amazing because we've had you know really good embarrassers like Joey Carberry, Imer Considine, John Cooney coming out and talking about their mental health, talking about the challenges that they've had and the tools that they've used to overcome it. So we've seen social media in particular being a medium by which we can broadcast that message that you can be a world-class player and also at times have self-doubt, have anxiety, struggle with your mental health and find a way to, to manage that. So I think when we're talking with social media and online abuse, we also have to balance that out with the positives that come from it, that sense of connection, reducing stigma and encouraging people to go forward for help seeking by having really positive role models like we have. Yeah, Colm, I'm sure there are positives for you to be on the Twitter or on social media. Uh, it, is a, it is a great way of um, just connecting pretty directly with well, what's going on around you, but also um, the GA community. Yeah, well, for, for initially, it's probably used to the communication to your network, your friends, your family, whatever it might be. For players or for athletes, it's a way of building the profile too. Like, you know, even though we're amateur, players do build their profile and try and grow the game as well. And I mentioned it, like it has been massive to grow the game female side of the game, lower tier sports and competitions. So it has a huge use in that end. But with the good comes the bad. Um, but yeah. I think if we can focus on how to promote more good than bad, I know it sounds very cliche, but focus on that. And like uh, what's been said before, try and figure out ways of reducing the online abuse to, to a lower level. Um, it still is very useful. You know, we had a rookie camp with our first year players or the one to three year players over the last number of years and one of the areas you look at is social media and your kind of your brand. Um Kieran File came over to us um and spoke about your actions, uh, an online audit of your of your actions and your imprints first of all. And you know, Anna mentioned about liking stuff and players were kind of looking at what they've done and what they've written and reassessing that and then the next one is how to deal with effectively engaging with social media and it's really powerful here out there to look at using it and and maybe tools to use it more effectively and have to deal with comments that come into them. So I think it's a right saying that we have to look at that and Mark said workshops and different education process again in tools will be really useful for, for young young players going forward. And Anna what your final words you have the final word on this Anna? Um yeah well like I said, you know when 
the next time we talk about it, it'll be, you know, moved on again. And and um, I think that comes from, you know, the conversation we're having today, people talking about it with each other, um, sports, you know, um, sports sharing their own, their own experiences across codes and um, like the open, the openness and the mental, the, the mental health side of things is definitely helping all the, that as well. So I just, I, I think, yeah, we, we, we all, we need to be strong, like online in fighting this and not just let it happen and, you know, be very smart if we do decide to retaliate, but also um, in picking your battles and, 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 and things like that. It, it's, it's all learning. And, you know, this is, like I said before, it's all new. And um, these conversations are going to help how the how how positively it will move forward and it's really great to, to be part of this and and um to, to talk about it and uh i i, I hope to, to you know again have it even more positive again down the line and say yes i've seen i've seen this change and, and i'm happy with how this is going well anna kaplice uh ex-irish rugby star uh colin begley former leash star afl player and clinical psychologist mark smith the great thing is folks we did not get one negative comment for the last 45 minutes. So that's all I can say in a, in a positive way. <laughs> they were too scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have a great day, folks. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Thanks Mel. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball.